Great to be with you. We are beginning a two-part series tonight on the power of the Holy Spirit, and our series is called Filled. And we will jump in in just a moment. Uh, first, I want to invite those of you who have children or grandchildren. This Wednesday, uh, we are beginning rehearsals for the epic children's Christmas musical, Away in the Mango. Away in a Mango. We already have uh, about 20 signed up, uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, to be in this. Our rehearsals will be on Wednesday evenings for, from 5.15 to 6 o'clock, 6.15 to 7 o'clock. I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is my wife, Jennifer, who, by the way, is also the director of Away in a Mango. And so $15 is that the, uh, the cost to participate is $15, and that includes your child's Away in a Mango t-shirt. And you will receive the rehearsal tracks so you can sing along with your child in rehearsal whenever you're in the car from now until Christmas. And how exciting it will be when we reach uh, that Sunday in December, December 12th, when you can uh, invite your friends, your relatives, and uh, coworkers to see your child or grandchild in Away in a Mango. So again, rehearsals begin this Wednesday. We'd love to see many more join those who've already signed up. Now, I, I, I'm not a, a car guy. Do not pretend to be. Don't know a lot about cars. I know I, well, I was going to say I know that uh, you, you put the key in the ignition and turn it on, but actually my car doesn't even do that. My key just needs to be like in the cup holder. My key is in the cup holder. I push the button, it starts. Here's what I know. I know that turning the engine on is just the beginning. Starting the car's engine is evidence that the vehicle is working. Starting the car's engine is evidence that there is fuel. Starting the car's engine is evidence that it's ready. If my car were parked in the driveway and every morning I went out, sat in the car and turned on the engine, and then just sat there for a while with the engine running, it would be obvious to everyone around, around me that the, the car works, the car is functioning, but it would also be obvious that I'm not using the car for its full intended purpose. I'm just sitting in a running car in my driveway. If I just sit in my car with the engine running, it's evidence that the car works, <laughs> but I'm missing out on so much of what the car has to offer. You didn't come here for car advice tonight. I bring this up because this can be our mindset, our attitude, our understanding of the Holy Spirit. See, in conversations about the Holy Spirit, there is a lot of conversation about what we would call the initial physical evidence of spirit baptism, which is speaking in a spiritual language. If this is new to you tonight, we'll unpack it in just a minute. There's a lot of uh, emphasis on what we would call the initial evidence of spirit baptism, 
But what we want to get into tonight is what that actually means. Just as sitting in a running car would be missing out on so much of what the car has to offer, we miss out on so much of the power of the Holy Spirit if our emphasis, if our focus is only limited to the initial physical evidence that the Spirit dwells inside of us. We miss out if our desire for the Holy Spirit ends with initial evidence of spirit baptism. So tonight we begin this two-part series called Filled. You will want to be here next Sunday. Pastor Bill Bates will be sharing the second part of this message. We are talking about using and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So God has revealed to us in three ways. One God revealed three ways. The Father, God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Just as we would miss out on most of what a car has to offer if we never shift out of park, we missed out on most of what the Holy Spirit has to offer if the bulk of our focus is on the initial physical evidence. Okay, one more car example, and then I'll let it go, okay? It would be extra foolish if we started our car, put the car in neutral, and then pushed our car, our perfectly functioning, working car down the street. What would we be doing? We would be doing, under our own power and strength, what the engine is supposed to be doing. We can attempt, as followers of Christ, we can attempt to accomplish through our own strength that which is intended to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I said one more, but here's just one more. If, if you saw me pushing, did you just call me a liar? Oh my goodness. It's, it's getting real in here tonight, I guess. If you saw me pushing my running car down the road with the engine on, a car that is obviously functioning, you would maybe stop and you'd say, if you just get in the car and put it in drive and press the gas pedal, you'd go a lot faster, a lot farther, and you'd be a lot less exhausted at the end of the day. And you wouldn't look like a fool. Some of us, this is me as well, we could go a lot farther, faster, if we were not attempting to do all of it or so much of it on our own. So as we get into this conversation tonight, let me ask you this question. What areas of your life leave you exhausted? What areas of your life leave you exhausted mentally, physically, and spiritually? What are you doing now on a daily or weekly basis? What are you doing now that leaves you depleted? What are you trying to do? What are we trying to do under our own power and under our own strength? Parenting, being a spouse, your job, your volunteer work, your ministry. Well, what if, just what if you could go faster, farther in those areas and at the same time, you would not be so depleted at the end of the day. Why am I holding back from surrendering, to, surrendering it to the Holy Spirit? Saying, if I allowed your power spirit, your creativity, your touch to enter this, 
the opportunity is exponentially greater than anything I could bring on my own. My power, strength, energy, and resources are finite. The Holy Spirit is infinite. The moment, remember I said that if this is a new, these are new concepts to you, I don't want to leave you out in the dark, and so here's an opportunity where we can all get caught up, and for some this is going to be a reminder tonight. The moment you become a follower of Christ, the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's Word teaches us that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You say, Father, I receive your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving my sin. I repent. I turn to you. I'm a new creation. I'm made new. The Holy Spirit dwells inside you the moment you become a Christ follower. Jesus prepared his followers for life after his death and resurrection by saying this in John chapter 14, verse 26. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. There is a device that we use in our computers called a thumb drive. Now, some of you are thinking thumb drive, that's so 2019, who uses a thumb drive anymore? What, you, what do you do with a thumb drive? You put it in your computer, you download some files, and you take it to another computer, and then you can upload your files in the second computer. You transfer information with the thumb drive. The Holy Spirit is like a divine thumb drive. It plugs us into the database of heaven. And there's information that God injects into us that we need. The Holy Spirit takes that, downloads it into our spirit so that you and I, so we can understand things that we would not otherwise understand so that we have a power that we otherwise would not have. If you are a follower of Christ tonight, the Holy Spirit is in you. The record of the early church also points to a second experience at some point after you become a Christ follower. As Paul is starting churches and sharing the message of Christ, he comes to a city called Ephesus. And he starts a conversation with 12 believers. So this is after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has already been sent. And the, the word of God clearly tells us that uh, in Acts that Paul is speaking to people who are already believers. So the spirit is already dwelling inside of them. Verse, Acts chapter 19, verse 2. And he said to them, Paul said to these believers, these followers of Christ who already have the Spirit inside of them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. When you believe, these are already believers, these are followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit, even though they may not have heard it put that way, it would already be dwelling inside of them. And look at how they respond. We've not even heard about this Holy Spirit Whatever Paul is talking about, they know immediately that they're missing out on something greater. And they talk about how they were baptized in John's baptism, which is repentance uh, or, or water baptism. And that's not what Paul is asking them about here. Verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began, what? Speaking in tongues and prophesying. So we talk about the initial 
evidence. When you see that word tongues in the Bible, it means a spiritual language, the spirit inside of you having direct communication with God. We know this as Holy Spirit baptism. After a time passed from the moment when they became Christ followers, they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues, a spiritual language, and they begin doing what? Prophesying. Prophesying. The initial evidence is there, spirit baptism, speaking in tongues, but that's just the beginning. Then they go into prophesying. Prophecy or prophesying in the Old Testament was almost always about predicting the future. Old Testament prophecy, predicting the future. God saying through a spokesperson, through a prophet, a prophet is a spokesperson of God. An Old Testament prophet, a spokesperson of God, is one who would talk about what's going to happen. A, a prediction from God about the future. This is what's going to happen. Then as things would come to pass, it was proof that God was real and that this was really a prophet. God was really speaking through them and that whatever had happened had happened through God. In the New Testament, okay, in the New Testament, prophecy, prophesying means something a little different. It typically is not about future predictions. It's about speaking life into people. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So this is New Testament, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, talking about prophecy and how prophecy is now taken on a bit of a different uh, role in New Testament times. We're in New Testament times now. One who prophesies, Paul writes, or prophesies, however you choose to pronounce it, one who prophesies, what do they do? They strengthen others, encourages them, and comforts them. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers believers to strengthen, encourage, and comfort others. Pastor Jeff Leak, who is a pastor of Allison Park Church in Pennsylvania, writes about this concept. 1 Corinthians 14 describes it as uh, a prophecy when what we do for people when we encourage them we strengthen and comfort them it's speaking in courage it's different it's different than just coming up to somebody and saying something that pops into your mind uh, and and just blurting something out saying something nice to somebody it's different than that prophecy is an explosion of your spirit maybe you've had this experience you were talking to somebody who had some kind of need, and all of a sudden you felt out of the spirit in you something come out of you, and you heard yourself say something that was really great, like even much greater than something you could come up with on your own, and you thought, where did that come from? Because that didn't even really go through my head before this moment. I don't even know that I had that thought before, yet here it's coming out, and to be honest, it was really great. Maybe I should even write down what I just said. What occurred in that moment, it wasn't your thought. It was the Holy Spirit's thought that, that prompted you to speak out into somebody else's life. Prophecy is Holy Spirit-inspired encouragement. The reason we're even talking about this tonight is that we were in a staff meeting, and uh, Pastor Dan had 
had brought up. He said, it seems like so often when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we only talk about speaking in tongues. Well, what if we talk about whatever, everything that comes after speaking in tongues? Pastor Dan, I don't know if that was a prophetic moment. Maybe it was a prophetic moment. Let's talk about two other ways the Spirit empowers you and me. After Jesus' resurrection, before he ascended to heaven, Jesus told his followers this. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus promised this to his followers. You will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is not tucked away as some obscure passage in the Bible. This doesn't involve pulling a little bit from this verse and a little bit from that verse to get one complete thought. Very plainly, Jesus told his followers to expect what? To expect power. When can they expect this? When the Holy Spirit comes upon them. When can we expect this? When the Holy Spirit fills us. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us. The first followers of Christ had a taste of this when they walked and talked with Jesus as their teacher. Scott Wilson writes about this in his book, Spirit Empowered Life. Up until a certain moment, Jesus had led the way in every encounter. There was the, the disciples, the apostles who were walking and talking with Jesus. And whenever they had an encounter, what happened? Jesus was the driver of the situation. And the, uh, those who were with him were mostly observers. Jesus healed the lepers. Jesus cast out the demons. But now there's a moment... Maybe you remember this from reading about the life of Jesus. There's a moment when Jesus does what? He actually sends out his disciples. He sends out his followers. This time, they're going to go into the villages, and Jesus is not coming with them. And so Jesus tells them this, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, then watch this. Freely you have received, freely give. You are empowered by Christ to do God's work. Give what you have been given. Freely you have received, Jesus instructed his followers then and is instructing us now. Freely you have received, now, now freely give. Go out, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. You might be thinking like I'm thinking, I can't do any of that. And you're right, you can't do any of that. But the power of God resides inside of you and God is the one who is fully capable. If you're thinking I can't do any of that, the disciples in that moment who were actually face to face having a conversation with the in-person Jesus, the disciples were likely thinking the same thing. If any of these outreaches were to occur, it would not be under their own human strength and under their own power. Healing, cleansing, raising, casting out, it can only happen through what? It can only happen through the power of God. It can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit provides power that far surpasses what can be accomplished under human abilities. Remember, do you remember the four friends who uh, carried their, their sick friend in the stretcher to Jesus? And the, the, the room was crowded wherever this uh, teaching was happening with Jesus. So what did they do? They climbed up on the roof, 
picked the poor guy's roof apart, and they lowered the brother down in front of Jesus, and Jesus healed them. What an amazing testimony of tenacity of, I mean, we would all want friends like that. We would all want people that would love us so much that they would do something like that for us. With all of that said, it would be exhausting if every time someone was in need of Jesus, the disciples had to carry them to Jesus. It would be exhausting now if every time someone needed Jesus, that they had to be transported to a certain address or a certain place. You don't have to transport them to a place. We, it's great to invite them to come to church. We believe in the Christian community, but they don't have to come here to experience God. You don't, they don't have to be transported to an address. Do you know what? The Spirit is inside you. You bring the power to the one who is in need. Jesus is the healer. We're not the healer. God wants to use us, though, to bring the power, be the carrier, to the, be the messenger to the one who needs Jesus in a time of need. Prophecy, power. Here's another way. About seven weeks after the death and resurrection of Jesus, it was the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled the first followers of Christ, came down in that upper room, and uh, filled the, the first followers of Christ. They spilled out into the, the streets of Jerusalem. And what were they doing? They were speaking in all these foreign languages. God gave them the power to speak in foreign languages. And what happened? This attracted a crowd. Here is one of the observations overheard from the faces in the crowd as recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 11. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about what, though? We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. So when those first followers, when those, when, when those first, this, I've learned that this part right here is sensitive, so I can't hold it down here. It cuts off the signal. That's what probably happened. Back to the message. <laughs> now you know that, and next time someone comes up here and it cuts in and out, you're going to say, Put, move your hand up. <laughs> when the first followers of Christ spilled into the streets of Jerusalem... They're speaking in all these other languages. A lot of us know that moment. It's a very famous moment. What maybe we haven't seen completely before is what exactly they're talking about. They're speaking in all these languages from around the, the region, and what they're speaking about in all these different languages as given uh, power by the Holy Spirit, they're speaking about the wonderful things that God has done. They are empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're flowing in the Spirit. And what are they speaking, out, speaking about? They're speaking about the wonderful things God has done. That's praise. There's a word for that. It's called praise. That's praise. The Holy Spirit enhances our praise. The Holy Spirit enhances our praise. People who were gathered, they heard them declaring the wonders of God. Praise. The Holy Spirit is here on earth to be able to point people to Jesus. 
That's the primary mission. He's also here to empower us as believers. Anytime Jesus is exalted, the Holy Spirit gets excited. You might notice this as we begin to worship in an environment like this. In fact, let's not just talk about it. Worship team, why don't you come up? We're going to worship in just a moment. As we begin to worship in an environment like this, inviting the Spirit to move, and we pray behind the platform before every service, Holy Spirit, you're invited to be in this place. Holy Spirit, the room is yours. We can't do this without you. As we begin to worship in an environment like this where the Holy Spirit is invited and welcomed and allowed to move, you might sense something happens inside of me. Something is happening inside of me. I feel more motivated. I feel inspired. I feel closer to God. And yes, we have incredible musicians and singers who lead the music, but it's not just the music. You say, I feel like something happens and it's in the... I wasn't even holding the... bring it back it's the atmosphere in the room it's the atmosphere in the room it's wonderful because the Spirit of God responds to praise the Holy Spirit supplies prayer language prophecy power and praise It's time for some of us to start living like the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. Some of us, that's the way we've been living. Keep on, keep on living that way. For some of us, I believe that God is challenging us to truly live like the Spirit of God is inside of us. When we are in that encounter, with someone who is in need. Because the Spirit of God is inside of us, God is in that moment. The Holy Spirit is there. Let's pray like God is present. I see you in your time of need right now. I see that you need a healing. Let's pray, not just so that you can be comforted by the words that I'm going to speak, but we're going to pray and you know what? I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. The Spirit of God dwells inside of me. And we're going to believe that Jesus Christ, the healer, Jesus Christ, the restorer, Jesus Christ, the reconciler, Jesus Christ, the one who's capable of making all things new, is going to move in this situation. Initial evidence, speaking in, in tongues or a spiritual language. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Let me give you that example that we talked about to start tonight. You get in the car, you turn on the engine. Starting the car's engine is evidence that the vehicle is working. 
Starting the car's engine is evidence that the, there's fuel. Starting the car's engine is evidence that the car is ready. But just as it would be foolish to get up every morning and just go out to our driveway and sit in a running vehicle without ever moving, we'd be really missing out on our investment in that vehicle. In the same way, if our desire for the Holy Spirit ends with only speaking in the spiritual language, which is a wonderful thing, the gift of the spiritual language is a wonderful thing, but if it stops there, we are missing out on so much of the power that's available through the Holy Spirit. So as we get ready to leave this place tonight, let's seek a move of God before we go. And I invite you, if you're able to stand with me, and right where you are, I invite you to begin seeking your heavenly Father and seeking the power of the Holy Spirit. Many in this room, you'd say, I've already received that power. You know your spiritual language, you've spoken your spiritual language, and this would be a wonderful time right now to once again speak in your spiritual language. This is not a spectator sport. This is a community of believers that's engaged. And maybe here, you may be here tonight and you would desire that gift. It is a gift that God the Father gives at the moment he desires to give it but he wants to give it to a recipient who wants this gift. You want the gift. Pray right now. Father, baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. I wanna receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It could be that your story is like mine and you were very skeptical of all this. That was my story. And I prayed to God, Father, if this is real, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to receive it in a way that is so undeniable that there's no mistaking that's what's happening. And God being a faithful God is exactly what he did. So maybe that's you tonight. You're saying, Father, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then what's gonna happen if, that's, that if God is doing that work in your life tonight? It's almost like a pitcher of water being poured into a cup and your cup is gonna fill. The spirit is gonna fill you and as it begins to overflow, this is where it's, it's a release, a spiritual language is gonna begin to come out of you. That's your spirit communicating with God the Father and here's an act of trust, an act of faith just allow the spirit, allow those consonants, allow those vowels to come out of your mouth. If you want to come to the altar tonight to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want a pastor to lay a, a hand on you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism, the altar is open tonight.
you may be here tonight and, and you're saying, God, use me to prophecy. When we're talking about prophecy, we're not talking about making predictions like the, we see in the Old Testament. We're saying, Father, I want you to use me, to prompt me in those moments to speak words that are not my own, but words that come from God. If you're saying that you want that gift of prophecy to be used in you, to develop, be developed in you, increased in you, begin to ask God right now. Maybe even come to this altar, say, Father, I want you to, to use me to be the voice of prophecy, to be the voice of encouragement, to be the voice of comfort. Maybe it's power. You might be here and you'd say, I know the phrases to pray and prayer, but I actually, if I'm honest, I've stopped short of really pressing in to the power of God in those moments. And I wanna be used for the glory of God to bring power the power of God to encounters as I meet people who are in need. And we know the greatest need is the need for salvation. And the last is praise. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that my praise deepens. So I have the power through the Holy Spirit to lay all the cares of this world aside and to feel my spirit connecting with my heavenly father as the name of Jesus Christ is lifted up. Because we know when the name of Jesus is exalted, when the name of Jesus is praised, the spirit inside of us becomes excited. It energizes the spirit inside of us. Let this room become your altar. Father, use our church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to reach our city. Empower us through the Holy Spirit to speak words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of truth. Empower us through the Holy Spirit to be sent out to do great things in your name.